0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Domesticated Dude podcast. I'm Logan, your host on this journey. For the first episode of 2021, I brought on my friend Dusty, who's a history teacher. I wanted to really unpack what happened at the Capitol with him and really dive into some of the psychology behind it and also what we can learn from it. We have a really good conversation about why critical thinking is more important now than it ever has been before. We also talk about how it's important to find common ground with someone who may not share your beliefs and what are some ways that we can do that easily. I think the big thing is to remember that we can make the choice of how we approach different conversations. If we approach them with an open heart and an open mind, there's a really good way that we can grow from there. If you come at it with a closed mind and a closed heart, Well, we know what happens when when that is the case. I know it's been a crazy year already, but I hope this podcast can help bring some positivity into your life and to motivate you to help have those better conversations with your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers. If you like what you hear on the podcast, share it with a friend, leave us a review, and make sure to subscribe so you get the newest episodes immediately. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend Dusty. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Dusty, man, it's good to see you. How are you? Hey, good, Logan. How are you? Doing good, man. Can't complain. The sun's shining. It's a beautiful day. It's Saturday afternoon. Ready to get after it.
1: Absolutely. It's kind of uh, you know you could kind of look ahead a little bit and kind of hope that winter is 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 could be gone of you know a few more good weeks and we're like on the downhill. So we might be out of the woods.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's supposed to snow a little bit today, but I haven't seen anything that actually looks like winter. Right. Uh, And for a winter that lasts a couple months for the, for the last year that we've had, I will take
1: that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, I'll take snow, but like I, but like when it's zero, that's when it's just miserable. So I'll take some snow.
0: Yeah, for sure. The snow yesterday, man, it was those big puffy flakes. It <laughs> was just falling so slowly. Yep. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was. Well, hey, man, I'm glad you came on today. Thanks for taking the time. Um, there's a lot of shit that's gone on in the last couple of weeks that we should probably talk about. And yeah, I, yeah. I thought, you know, who better to to bring on than a social studies teacher and kind of unbox some of this and dive into it. So first question, let me ask you when everything went down at the Capitol a couple weeks ago, what was going, were you in class that day? And if you were, what were some of those conversations like? Was it like, Oh shit, this is happening right now. We need to talk about it. What was going on in the classroom?
1: Yeah. I was just talking to somebody yesterday about how this, um, I'm a little tired of things happening that get in the way of just like the regular day of teaching and how it's like, I don't know, current events keep getting in the way of curriculum. And, and so it's, it's been like that a lot. And I feel like I'm sputtering a little bit as I try to teach, um, you know, right now I'm teaching about the Mexican American war and the kids are like, you know, who cares when all this craziness is going on. And so, uh, Yeah. And so it, my buddy, Steve texted me, um, at the beginning of seventh period on the sixth and he's like, Hey, check the news. And so then, you know, I figured it was something crazy. So we just watched, so the seventh period, we just watched TV, uh, and just dropped everything we were doing. And then the next day we just watched stuff about it and talked about it and stuff like that. And so I, some people, um, a guy I work with, wonderful guy. Um, he decided to spend about ten minutes talking about it the next day. Uh, but I spent the whole day um with my students talking about it. I just think there's certain things that are good to to get out there. And maybe it's just for myself to like kind of process. I uh my wife appreciates when I'm just like I'm not just like talking to her about it <laughs> and I'm just like upset <laughs> and I'm angry and I'm like worried and frustrated and all these things to her, but like I can go to school and like talk about it with kids and, uh, help them cope with it and stuff like that. And then I think that helps me cope with it too. Cause I know the summer was really difficult with everything going on. Like I just had no, nobody to talk to about it, um, in the house, you know, I wasn't like going to work, going to teach about it. So, so that's nice that next day, I think it's good for everybody to kind of process that out and see what that's like. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of what that was about. We, you know, we talked about, you know, a little bit of the history, you know, I'm a history teacher. So we talked a little bit about the history of some other things that have happened at the Capitol. Um, but we, um, we talked about kind of how, I don't know. We talked a little bit about, well, we talked about like the history of it. We talked about the history of it and how like, you know, some certain, there's been some violence in the Senate before in like 1798 and 1856 and stuff like that. Um, but you know, nothing like this, you know, 1814, I guess. And, um, but nothing like this. And we kind of talked about like what that was like and stuff like that. And how could this be? And what does this mean? And all of these things. And so, um, I was surprised you didn't ask this, but I was surprised at the kids, um, that they, um, they were very interested in, the race aspect of that, and you didn't ask about this in particular, but they were very interested in the race aspect and the fact that you know if this was a BLM protest, what that, how it would have been different, and how it would have been would have been perceived different by the media, how it would have been perceived different by the uh, by the Capitol Police and stuff like that. And so that, that's where they went immediately, and that's what, something that we talked about all day. Um, so it wasn't really where I wanted to go with it, uh, but I could tell it was important to them. Um, so anyway.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's a huge piece of that though. I mean, that's the whole day, the whole coverage that I was watching that day is like, if this was BLM, it would be completely different and it would be, oh, I just don't even want to think about what it would have been like because I, you know, you saw what, what happened this summer and there was a lot, a lot of violence that didn't need to be taking place. and. Sure if If it would have been flipped around, if it would have been you know a couple of weeks ago and that was the b l m protest i I worry about what type of violence would have taken place and i I'm glad that your kids saw that and were able to process that together and to have those conversations because I think that's where it all starts right It starts with each of us, and if we can kind of go to that place and think about okay, what would happen if you know, that's, that's how we learn and that's how we grow. And that's how we stop making some of the mistakes that our society has made over the last 200 and 300 years.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
0: And for me, I guess when I saw that, I go back to nine 11 when we were in school, I was a freshman in high school at the time. And since we were in Alaska, this was all happening at like five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. So my parents were like, Hey, you're not going to, you're not going to school today just in case there's something. And, you know, it was just out of an abundance of caution. But then the next day we talked about it and we talked about what was going on and, and trying to process everything. But it's one of those days where you, it's one of those, you know, where were you when type things. And for you to be able to be in that space with those kids, I think that was really helpful. Um, So I guess how long did that discussion last and um, what were some of the things that were kind of the takeaways from it that you guys had? Were there things that the kids were like, okay, well, we need to be better about doing X, Y, and Z. Or I guess walk me through that a little bit.
1: Um, Yeah. Good question. Uh, I think back to, uh, back to what you said about like, where is this one of those like where were you win sort of things? And I think that when when we think about those, I think about, you know, people always say like Pearl Harbor, JFK, 911, uh, things like that. Um and so but and this isn't like it's weird because it's not tra it's it's tragic and it's not. You know, it's you know, five people passed away, which is of course tragic. Um and it's a disgrace to the United States. Um, which is tragic, but at the same time, it's not like we could move on from this pretty quickly, and we wouldn't know anything. You know, we wouldn't. We'd just be better for it and just move on. Um, or it could be it could be the start of something awful, or the continuation of something awful that we haven't paid enough attention to. And so I think it's this interesting thing where it's not an attack, um, it's not the an assassination, it's not uh, something like that. You know, but it could be. Um, And so I think that's why, where it is kind of this feeling of, you know, people are already saying, you know, when you say January 6th, you know what that means now. And so uh, it could be one of those things historically, uh, where people remember where they were, they remember what they felt. Um, I know I was, uh, after school, I was watching it. I just kept the TV rolling after school and I was watching it with a a Trump supporter and I was watching it with a Biden supporter afterwards. And we were just, we were all horrified um and so and i think you know 99% of the population had that had that feeling about it that it was shameful and disgraceful and stuff like that um so i think that, i thought that was interesting i thought that was a, an important takeaway man something that i've been noticing about this stuff is is ever, any kind of political thing and any kind of division is that this year we've or over the past 12 months or whatever we've when when there's something that happens like the George Floyd thing or the Capitol riot thing, we, 99% of the people can agree the cop was wrong and shouldn't have done that to George Floyd. Uh, the rioters were bad in D.C. We can all agree on that. And uh, they shouldn't have done that. But what's interesting about our society is that what we do, and uh, maybe you have to talk to somebody who knows more about this than I do, about psychology, but we tend to, it seems like a lot of people, tend to find where we disagree you know, and, and find that place. And then we hunker down there rather than, oh, let's all condemn this and let's be, let's figure out what the problem is and and let's move on. Instead, we find all of the things, we find the things that we disagree on and that's where we go. You know, we find that the, um, I don't know that the, you know, then there's also the Antifa rioters and why aren't we focused on them? Which I think is a very good question um, that we should be asking. Um, And why don't we condemn them and what's their role in this and stuff like that. But so we should be focused on that. But at the same time, that's where we go and that's where we focus our attention. And um, I don't know. And then we find out and then we just go to a place where Trump incited this riot and. He might have, he very well could have, and he could have wanted it to happen. And there's a big part of me that wonders if that's what happened. And he was pretty happy about it. Um, at the same time, I also don't know. I don't know if that's what happened. And there's nothing that, there's no evidence that could be used in a court of law that would prove that yet. Um, and I, but I would love to see that. I would love to go to a court, I would love for it to go to court so we can see what happened and so we can see hey the president incited this thing and should be found guilty of this or he didn't and we should move on and this was just a whack job group of people um but anyway we go to those places where we disagree and that's where we that's where we settle and um man i find that frustrating about about us um as just like a a culture and i don't know if that's just like a social media culture or what's happening in lockdowns because you know sit down over beers with somebody and you're not going to like yell at them about that you're going to talk to them about what you think and it's you're going to find common ground and stuff like that and so that's kind of like the nature of of our lockdown society right now and our social media society is that's where and just like the mainstream media where they want to go, you know, where they want to find the story, you know, where's the division. Let's find it. Let's exploit it. And so I think that's something where we're going. Cause I don't know, which, which is scary because I think a lot of, I would say a lot of Trump supporters, every Trump supporter that I spoke with was against the, the riots, you know, right. and was appalled.
0: Yeah. Once you see that in action, once you see what they did and the actions that they took, it's like, holy shit. Like, that is too much. Sure, you know, that's not what we've been supporting. That's not what we believe in. But yeah, to, to see that immediately, there has to be somebody to blame. Sure, there has to be a blame. Somebody has to be responsible for this. But we can't point the finger at all these people who stormed the Capitol because God forbid they're old enough to make their own decisions in their life. <laughs> right? Like, right. That's what kind of frustrated me about the whole thing. Is like, let's blame. The people, the people made these choices to go and Mm -hmm. do this to try to grab their five minutes of fame. Like, I I think about the people that, you know, they had right now they have the before and after photos of the people in the Capitol and they're like having a great time. They're like at a tailgate for a football game, (laughs) you know? And then you see their mugshot and it's like, yeah, actions have consequences. Yeah,
1: for real. And this could be, Uh, maybe this is insensitive, but I, I think, I think that those people didn't real, I think some of those people didn't realize what they were doing. I think some of them knew what they were doing, but I think some of them were just like, Oh, we're just along for the ride and Oh, people have gone in. I'm going to go in. And then, and then they just like, they were caught up in the crowd. And I'm not saying they're not guilty. They're very guilty. You have to take responsibility. But I think some of them didn't realize what, yeah, the severity of what they were doing. Um, you know, it's, you know, just to be caught up in a crowd like that, but, but don't get me wrong. Uh, they should be charged and that's no excuses, but I'm just, I just think that's what was going on in their head um, is that they were just kind of going along for the ride. Some of those people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that for sure. Like, you know, you have your people who, like you said, were just kind of along for the ride. They are curious. Hey, what's going on. But then you have that small fraction of, of people who are like leading the charge and, making the plans and all of that that you see on these these videos. So that's more of what I referring to of, you know, these people, you you know, put the blame on them. Don't put the blame on, um, people who weren't necessarily responsible. Um, but, um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a crazy thing. You see that guy with the, with the podium and he's like smiling and waving at the camera. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? (laughs) What? right. I don't understand.
1: Right. Yeah. And it goes to what, um, yeah, it goes to like what your original question is like, what were the takeaways is that a lot of my students were like, these people don't think that the law applies to them. This is, th- these people don't think anything's going to happen to them. And it's, and it, it's going to, as you said. And, uh, yeah, that, that was just the audacity of some of those people, you know, the, the horned guy or whatever, Buffalo horn guy, or whatever he was, you know, he's now iconic for just, you know, for being that way and thinking that nothing's going to happen to him. And so it's, it's mind blowing to think about those people.
0: The last time that you and I had a conversation out here, we talked about being a good critical thinker, hmm. being able to see things from both sides. And I feel like this is my opinion. I feel like what happened at the Capitol is what happens when you are not a critical thinker and you do not think for yourself. It's when you start believing all these conspiracy theories and I get it. People want to belong to something. People want to see something higher than them. I totally understand that. I support that in a lot of, a lot of different arenas, not this arena necessarily. Um, But I guess, do you think that that had a role to play in it, that people were just kind of like buying into these conspiracy theories? Or um, is that, I don't know, that critical thinking piece is huge to me. And I think that that's that's really what it boils down to for me is that these people see these things on the Internet. They want to go. They want to be a part of this. um, But they're not really understanding how our Constitution works. They're not understanding how our laws work, um, especially when it comes to what happens in elections. Um, and maybe we're getting too far into the weeds here, but <laughs> I guess what are your thoughts on that critical thinking piece, and then we can kind of get to the next. Sure. I think. Well,
1: I think that's an important question. Is that? Um, is I think we do. I think we do have that problem, and and I think it comes to. I think what you said was spot on. I I think. You know, leading up to the election, a lot of people said that it was a cult, uh, that Trump following was a cult, and I was like, ah, that you know, ah, I don't think so. You know, I, I just kind of pushed pushed that back. But then I kind of wondered with some of these people, you know, after that, I was like, whoa, maybe it is a cult. You know, maybe you know, it's this uh, this idol worship? It's this you know, wor- uh, you know, worship of one person, and it's it's uh, you know, cult of personality, and it's you know, listening to whatever this person says and and not willing to look at any kind of reality or look at both sides um, and critically critically think. And, and I, and I think a lot of people have problems with this on the left and the right, not just, not just these people, but you know, I do think these people, this was a huge problem with these people is that, is that they were unable to. So a little, so a little bit of my story, I watching the election. So I'm an independent, I didn't vote for Biden or uh, Trump. And I'm watching the election, and there were a few things about it that didn't make sense to me. Okay, it, it didn't make sense that voter turnout was higher in Pennsylvania and Michigan than it was in Iowa and Ohio. That didn't make any sense to me. Also, you could see where dead people had voted. And I, I looked into that, and it was clear that they had successfully voted. Now, then, and so I'm a little freaked out you know, the day or two after the election leading up to all, you know, AP calling it and stuff like that. I'm a little freaked out. Like what, what this, some things here don't add up. You know, Joe Biden, who's 78 has a better turnout than Barack Obama. Like I, I, that. So a few things don't click with me. Okay. Um, and, you know, not just that he's 78, but he's boring and he doesn't have ideas and Barack Obama was, you know, inspiring and and all these things. And so this doesn't compute with me, but like what you're saying, okay, then I'm, I'm looking for what kind of shady business is going on. You know what? I couldn't find any shady business. You know, you know, I heard a bunch of stuff about machines and I heard a bunch of stuff about all kinds of stuff. And then the things that I told you, and you know what, there was never any proof. There just never was there. And so these people And so, and I'm, I'm, I would, I mean, if there was proof there, I would have been one of the people leading the charge, you know, uh, I would have been freaking out, but I just never saw it. And, and it's not just that they were suppressed by the media or anything like that. Like they were trying to take these to court. Um, and there's Republicans on these benches that would be more than happy to find, you know, an explanation for this or whatever, but they didn't. And so whether you think the system sucks or whatever, like there was just never anything. And so I understand you're frustrated, but like, go be better. Like go next time out, like be better, organize better, make, you know, if so clearly the Democrats did a great job with the mail-in balloting, like, man, Republicans go own that, like go and do your best at that too. Don't just say, oh, mail-in voting sucks. And it, you know, and there's room for Oppression and all that like go do it, like go organize a ground game and get your vote out there for people who don't want to go out that day or whatever, because clearly that was the difference, and so right. just do it yourselves and be better. You've got two years, go do it. and so man, so that so that doesn't make any sense to me, and so what you're saying, critical thinking is like, yeah, like don't be a baby, just think about what you're think about what you're thinking about. Um, think about what's happening. If you, you know, something I did read earlier this fall was that if we are, I'm forgetting the name of it. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting the name of it. If next time you start talking, I'm going to look it up, um, is that when we are, when we're faced with information that is contrary to our belief system, we immediately push it away. Our brains push it away and we don't want to deal with it. Um, this is a psychological thing. This is, you know, from thousands of years of evolution. That This is what we do. Um, And this helps helps make sense of the world to us because we've built this house in our head that we are going to, this is what the world looks like and this is how we make sense of it. So if something comes in and changes that, then we're going to, our brain freaks out and pushes it aside and and whatever. These people thought Trump was going to win. These people heard ideas that fit with their worldview that said, oh, the re- election was rigged against my person, that I believe is the greatest human being of all time. Therefore, it is, and I'm, I don't need to critically think. I don't need to look into this. And I think that, I think that's what what happened. Um, and yeah, I think it's, you know, and sometimes I think about what in an alternate reality. Let's say the election would have been would have been stolen. Let's say things did happen, and they did find some evidence. That was accepted in court. It kind of freaks me out what the country would have looked like then, because then you have, uh, then you have two <laughs> polarizing sides that are both digging in, um, and so that kind of scares me a little bit for a future time um, about what that would look like. <laughs> so, so that kind of scares me a little bit, and so that's why I don't know. That's and so like we believe in all of these institutions and we trust them and things like that, but like if something like that happened and we truly had you know, 50% of the country thinking one thing and 50 thinking another and thinking it was absolutely true. Uh, then I don't know. I think that's kind of a weird spot to be in. And the way that both of our, I don't know, both of our, but like both sides of the media have dug in and stuff like that. And they're unwilling to look at, at the other side and, and to critically think that like, I don't know, that's a scary part for me down the road. Um, so sorry, I kind of went down a crazy hole there. Oh, and another thing I was thinking about this is that I think as a society, we need to learn sometimes to 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 take the L, okay? Like sometimes we're wrong, like, and sometimes you lose. And, you know, it's something we teach our kids. You know, I'm teaching Hudson, who's, if you ever hear him, he's sitting right here, he's five feet away. But if he's four, you know, he loses a board game. You know, he throws a fit, freaks out. But last time you, you know, all these things. We have to learn, you know, sometimes we lose or sometimes we're wrong. And uh, and we just have to accept it and don't say things like, "Oh, but yeah, you remember last time or remember what BLM did or you remember what Antifa did?" No. Just say this sucks. Just say this is terrible. Let's do better. Let's own this. Um, and so I wish I wish there was more of that in our society. Cause a lot of times it's like, yes, this is terrible, but you did this. And so, or maybe there could be more in society of like you guys are doing this, but then remember when we did this too, let's be better at this. Um, and so I don't know, it'd be cool if there was more grown-up conversations when it came to stuff like this.
0: I totally agree, man. I, I go back to the point you made a little bit before about, you know, if, if it was, um, you know, three people from three different backgrounds, three different political views at the bar, having a beer, those would be very civil conversations. Right. Because you're, like you said, you're trying to find the common ground. Maybe you don't talk about politics. Maybe you talk about sports, maybe you talk about something else, but then it goes back to, well, if you find small things that you each believe in, now you can have those grown up conversations. Now you can find that room for improvement. And, Um, To piggyback on what you just said about being better. Yeah. I think it's a wake up call for everybody on both sides, no matter if you're a Republican, Democrat, independent, no matter who you are, I think we're at a time now in our society where it's like, okay, what can I do in my world? What can I do in my bubble to be better and to push others to be better instead of going along the same path that we've gone on for 200 years how do we make improvements in our society? How do we make improvements in our community? I think that it all starts within our communities and that starts with the individual, right? If, right? if we allow ourselves to get bogged down in all the bullshit that's been going on in the last year, two years, I mean, you could, you could push it out to 20, 30 years, however long, but if we don't make steps to change that, then we're going to be exactly where we've been. And I don't think anybody wants that on, on, either side.
1: Right. I I totally agree. I totally agree. I was just th- when you said, how, you know, how do we be better? At, you know, we could think about every individual, what we do. And I was just thinking about, you know, H- Henry Aaron is on my mind, big hero of mine. He passed away yesterday uh, yeah. as of the recording of this. And, um, you know, the dude faced the worst kind of treatment from all kinds of people, uh, never got the credit he deserved, received death threats. You know, he could have been bitter. And he kind of was, which I don't blame him, but he could have been hateful. He could have like advocated for violence. He could have done all these things and he didn't. And he just was a great person. And he just like gave to the community until the day he died. And so, I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know. Examples like that. And and then there's examples like everyday people uh, of just being better. And just like, I'm just listening to people and just being kind and stuff like that, that we can all take from this. I think that, I think what you said was such a, I I think that's wise. I think that's very wise.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, taking the example of Henry Aaron, man, I, I was reading through social media all day yesterday. There were tributes from pretty much every person I follow on Twitter (laughs) had something to say about Henry. Right. One thing that stuck out to me was when he was about to break the record, the Atlanta newspaper, was already pre-writing his obituary because they were thinking that he was going to be assassinated because of his accomplishments. Wow. And it just hit me. It's like, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, back then that was probably a fair thing. I mean, as sad as it is to say, but to see how he handled all of that adversity that you were just talking about, we need more heroes like him and we need, more of us to see that example and to say, if he had all of this on his shoulders and he still made the choice to be positive and to mm-hmm. make a difference in this community, why can't we do that? Mm-hmm. Why can't we do that? I mean, we have a lot less on our shoulders than he ever would. So why why not us?
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Hey, total side note. I the the thing I was thinking about earlier um, is called um, if we are if we persevere in our belief system, no matter what, even if we're presented with new information, it's called, what's well, called belief perseverance. But I was thinking of the term uh, backfire effect uh, where a lot of times, and it kind of, it's supposed to go for like, if you, it's, for you or for us, when you take information, you're supposed to remember that your brain wants to push that out. But then also it's when you're debating or discussing, you have to remember when you're giving someone brand new information, they're they're not going to take it well, um, especially if it goes against everything that they possibly believe. Um, and so it kind of, it reminds me of, of, you know, I work with a guy who believes completely opposite than I do about uh, politics, but we're friends. And so, but if there's th- something that we would disagree on it and it gets brought up in conversation, like a group conversation, I try to remember that for me to bring up my belief system to him or a fact that is so important to me it does nothing to him except make him upset and so a lot of times we have to come (laughs) to information on our own uh, and stuff like that so uh, and it takes us a little bit of time to to grow into to grow into ideas uh, and things like that anyway called the backfire effect Uh, there's a fantastic article or sorry it's a cartoon um, that is drawn see, I'm going to have to look up something else too. Um, there's a, but anyway, there's a wonderful cartoon that's on the internet somewhere about the backfire effect. I'll never find it, but it exists and it's, it's free to, to look at. And it's, uh, it kind of tells you, tells you a little bit about it. So that's all.
0: Nice. That's a great lesson. I think that's something that we can all kind of, I think that there's one thing that we can take away from today's conversation. It's being able to be a better friend, neighbor, um, coworker, um, by not pushing your agenda on people and to be able to listen to what other people have to say, acknowledging that whatever you push onto them is not going to be perceived well, <laughs> right. of that backfire effect, right? Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's okay to disagree on things and it's okay to have those conversations, but they need to be going in the right direction. They can't just be arguing. Well, I don't like you because you don't like this. And
1: right. Right. Absolutely.
0: All right. One more positive takeaway. I want to okay. talk about real quick. I want to leave on a high note. Yes. Did you watch Amanda Gorman's poem that she read at the inauguration?
1: Yes. That was my favorite part of the whole day. Me too. Um, she was, she was fantastic. I never heard of her before. Uh, I assume like most people. Uh, but, but she was wonderful. Um, just a, just a dynamic person. Um, uh, you know, for many reasons she was, it was a great poem. I thought it was cool that it was, it kind of had some like, to me, it felt like a little bit of like had hip hop elements to it. The way that like the play Hamilton feels that Mm -hmm. like it's a song, it's poetry, but it's, it's got this hip hop element to it. And you could feel that through her. Um, but then also, uh, I mean, what a, I mean, a great story. I think in, the, in her poem, she was saying that like she, her, you know, she came from a single parent house, uh, not, not came from nothing, you know, and just busted it, you know, uh, which is wonderful. Uh, you know, what a, what a great thing to aspire to all of us. And so, um, yeah. And then, you know, and then the poem was, was, uh, what it was fitting for the time, uh, because the whole day was about, it felt like the theme of the day was unity and pushing forward through crisis. I felt like, Um, but hers was very, um, it was, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but it was, it was kind of, it kind of had platitudes. Yeah. It was kind of things we could all agree with, which is what the inauguration day is supposed to be. You know, it's supposed to be a day we can all come together and like, Hey, let's do this. Let's push forward. Even if we disagree. Um, And so it had a lot of platitudes, which was, great. <laughs> it was great. It's like, Hey, these are the things we believe. Um, these are the, just what you're talking about. Like, let's find the common ground, uh, and let's push forward. And, uh, yeah, what, I mean, and what a wonderful, uh, person to, uh, you know, my, and so I, I teach, I give my daughter who's seven, uh, one Avery, I give her one, uh, uh social studies lesson a week. And, um, and so we do that on Thursdays and so we did the inauguration and and so for her to see um for her to see this girl who's not too far removed from seven uh up there doing that i mean her eyes lit up and she was just super pumped uh to see that girl doing that um so you know and there was a lot of uh you know there was a lot of women involved there was you know they had you know they had a country act they had a uh I think the Republicans could take a, a big, uh big lesson from the way the Democrats did that on Wednesday or on the inauguration day, because, you know, they had, they had a country artist, they had JLo, they had Lady Gaga, you know, they had different people and the, you know, white people, black people, they had all kinds of people that, you know, like find people that represent America and, uh, that we could all, you know, you know, ag- agree with or, or associate with or or whatever and i don't know like show what america looks like um and so and i don't and i don't remember too much about what trump's looked like i just remember his speech um but you know there's something to be said about about that and i I don't know I, i was inspired by the day i thought it was a you know a good a good inauguration it was is what it was supposed to be. And it, it, you know, it kind of felt normal. And, um, even though I, I disagree with, with Biden and a whole host of things, but I, it was, it was inspiring. It was, it was good. It was good. Let's go. Let's, let's keep, let's make this year better than the last, you know? So I don't know stuff we can all agree
0: on. Yeah, for sure. I had goosebumps when I watched it back. Uh, I didn't watch the inauguration live, but, uh, Sarah and I watched the watched her speech and I felt like I was watching Hamilton, like you said, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. but that's what resonates with me. Like having, uh, that slam poetry style, I think was awesome. And what really got me was she kept talking about how she acknowledged that. Yeah. Our democracy, maybe it is a little bruised right now. You know, our world is bruised right now, mm-hmm. but how do we get out of that mm-hmm. it's by being the light, by choosing to be the light. Yeah. And, that, that like got me and I had goosebumps and I was like, right. all right, I'm ready to run through a wall right now. <laughs> and it was amazing to see that. Like how inspiring to see her stand up there in front of the entire world and just own it and nail it. Like, yeah, man, it's incredible. Yeah. For real. All right, man. Hey, we've covered a lot of ground today. We've got really deep into some political stuff that we don't usually do on this show, but I felt <laughs> no. like it's needed. And, Um, I feel really good about this conversation. I hope it helps you out there when you're listening to this and for your next interaction with somebody who may disagree with you. Hey man, come to it with love. Don't, don't just go to the places where you disagree, like find that common ground and and find something that you can both agree with. That's how healing starts. So let's get after it. Dusty, man, thanks again for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we got to cover this ground. I thought it we uh, needed to talk about this, kind of get it off our chests and help us process a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was it was good to talk to you. Thank you for so much for having me on.